0: On this week's XJ Talk Show, we tell you about a Jeep promotion in Australia that went wrong and how ZJs are finally going to get their recall fix in March.
1: Is there a new merger setting up between Chrysler and Volkswagen? We'll
0: find out in This Week in Jeep. We spread some love to more of our YouTube subscribers, share our new voicemail, and in this week's Jeep Tips, Steve gives us part three of AC Repair.
1: All that and a rundown of a couple big Jeep events coming up on this week's XJ Talk Show.
0: The XJ Talk Show is for entertainment purposes only. Any advice or information provided on this show should be verified by alternative sources prior to making any changes or modifications to your vehicle. We are not experts, just people that enjoy the Jeep hobby and don't mind talking endlessly about it. P.S. We love you.
1: XJ Talk Show News Desk. Tire manufacturers to declassify pavement as official terrain. More after this.
2: Welcome to the XJ Talk Show, a podcast about Jeep Cherokees, off-road adventures, and interviews with the movers and shakers in the off-road world. Now, here are your hosts, Tony and Yash. Hey, I'm Tony.
0: Man, I wish the guy had said my name kind of funny. <laughs> we can call you Yoni.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm Josh. Uh, you guys know me as Northwest 99XJ or NW99XJ over
0: at XJTalk.com. XJTalk.com, of course. Hey, I uh, thought I'd tell you about something else. I'm getting these uh, episodes uh, kind of confused, Josh. This is 138, but I think I'm getting them confused because we record the Tony and Josh show. On Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Central Time uh, on uh, YouTube.com slash Tony and Josh Show. And it has a different episode number. Maybe we should just have both of them with the same numbers. What do you think? Would that confuse people (laughs) if it jumped from like 31 to 312 overnight?
1: (laughs) I think people might get a little mixed up. I can't believe we're pushing 140. Man, that is just awesome. And that's almost 150. And that means we're uh, knocking on the door at 200 here real soon. Don't look
0: a day over 139 to me. right. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, aging well, <laughs> aging well, just like a good cheese. Ah, oh, love mm-hmm. me some cheese. Have you ever oh, had chorizo no. <laughs> and cheese, Josh? Of course I have. With uh, <laughs> I well, you're up in the you're move. up in the northwest. That's a long ways away from the southern border. So I don't know. Okay. We've I, uh, we've got a lot of southern uh, southern border influences up here. Well, I had uh, chorizo, cheese, and uh, I was going to say fresh flour tortillas, but they're from a package and flour tortillas, nonetheless. Very good and a sleepy boy it made me. Mmm. It was very good. Very good. Hey, this is the XJ this is the XJ Talk Show a podcast about Jeep Cherokee's off-roading and the tech you need to get you there and back. We're here to promote the web's most premier website for all that is Jeep Cherokee, xjtalk.com. The friendliest and most helpful Jeep site on the web. XJTalk.com encourages and answers all questions and concerns that the first-time XJ owners typically have without any flaming or criticism, all while giving you the best, most in-depth articles about write-ups and repairs and modifications to take your average XJ to the next level. Now get ready. It's the XJ Talk Show, and it starts, strangely enough, right now.
2: First week in G.
1: Well, i got a story for you. It's called either the down-under downfall of a downright clever promotion or how not to sell a 2014 Jeep Cherokee. So what do you call exactly a new car sales event combined with a treasure hunt, but sounds like a promotion that leaves thousands of your most enthusiastic supporters frustrated and furious? <laughs> disaster might be a good place to start. I call it FUBAR. <laughs> but what would you really expect? Uh, anything, or Would you expect anything less when you found out the epicenter of this mega disaster sits the Cherokee we all love to hate? Jeep's Australian affiliate experienced what it's like when a proverbial fecal excrement hits the fan. It's uh, what was probably a good idea at the time. Drunken and half-retarded Jeep executives came up with the Jeep remote dealership promotion. The 2014 Jeep Cherokees were offered at a quarter of their sticker price for the first 10 people who, after downloading a special app and dialing a secret phone number at a, specific, a specified time, discovered an undisclosed location where they could buy their discounted SUV. We're using that term loosely, of course. More than 30,000 Aussies played along, but the secret phone number had leaked online hours before the deadline. Really? You mean to tell me that the very idea of this being even remotely possible in this day and age where we share the color of our poo uh, this morning with everyone on the interwebs didn't cross your mind? Didn't think that phone number was going to get leaked out? Well, obviously, some folks may have had a big head start, you think? Minutes after the promotion closed, Jeep Australia's Facebook page and other social media were blowing up chock full of accusations of fraud and calls for government investigations and class action lawsuits as well. I may have well considered a new Jeep until you wasted my time with this promotion, wrote one participant. Now, never again. It was all over before the ability to ring was even given to me. Not anymore, said another. We'll not be buying a Jeep now as this whole thing was a complete scam, said many others. And Jeep said it was sorry and politely asked for forgiveness with pretty please and sugar on top. But a local executive told Australian news outlet, we did everything we can to ensure it ran smoothly. Of course, people were disappointed and they didn't win. But it was always going to be just 10 people who would win and the rest would have to settle for being sorry losers. (laughs) He didn't really actually say that last part. A little more sooner than later for the ZJ recall fix. Chrysler Group told federal safety officials Wednesday it had arranged for a supplier to boost production of trailer hitches so it could have enough next March to fix Jeep Grand Cherokees and Liberty models that need hitches to protect their low-hanging fuel tanks in low-speed crashes. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration had ordered the automakers to detail no later than this Wednesday, that's yesterday for you guys listening live, how it could accelerate the pace of what an NHTSA said it was to set enough hitches on hand, uh, but to get them installed on all affected Jeeps within 18 months. Uh, Chrysler's letter to NHTSA Wednesday said that that was not going to be a problem. NHTSA said earlier in the day that it would analyze the car company's response once received and post the document on the NHTSA website if it satisfied the agency. The document was not published late Wednesday, so I guess it's safe to say Jeep has some more butt-kissing to do. The Auto Safety Agency said previously it took the rare step of testing some of the Jeeps itself, to see if the controversial trailer hitch remedy would actually help protect the tanks from leaks and low-speed crashes. Well, that explains why all these ZJs have been brake-checking me lately. Hmm, okay. Well, the NHTSA said earlier this month that it was satisfied the hitch works as protection, but was critical of what it said was the car company's slow pace of getting enough hitches out to dealerships for installation. The NHTSA said at the time that it was concerned that Chrysler does not have and will not have sufficient production capacity to ensure it can produce the parts. At the production rates outlined at the time by Chrysler, it would take more than four years to have enough parts for the Grand Cherokee and two years for the Liberty. Now, if you recall, the recall involves 2002 to 2007 Jeep Liberties and uh, 1993 to 1998 Jeep Grand Cherokees. Owners of the 99 to 2004 Grand Cherokees can opt to get the trailer hitch remedy as well, although the vehicles are not officially under the recall. In the special order to uh, to Chrysler earlier this month, NHTSA says the automaker failed to line up a supplier to make the hitches five months after the recall was ordered. That's called dragging your feet, people. USA Today reported in January that Chrysler only then was preparing to build the parts, seven months after the recall announcement. At the, after and, and the first production run of the parts didn't start until May. Now, obviously, they're trying to uh, postpone things as much as possible. There were some checks that probably didn't want to get cut right away. In any case, uh, parts are being made. Uh, probably not going to be shipped out to dealerships until, I'm guessing, February at the earliest. It's looking like March for all you ZJ owners to get those trailer hitches installed.
0: Well, Josh, I think if you drag your feet, uh, some people might get tired of waiting and just uh, either do the trailer hitch themselves or forget about it. So well, if you, uh, if I think if you there recall, was, i oh, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, if you recall, sorry, uh, that uh, Jeep is claiming that there's a special tool that needs to be made as well <laughs> in order to install these trailer hitches. Now yeah. I'm calling BS because I've installed some trailer hitches on some grand Cherokees as well as Cherokees before. And, uh, and really there's, there's really nothing special to it. There's no special tools required. In fact, just about anybody can do it with some help or a couple good floor jacks. And, uh, and just some basic hand tools, so I'm not sure exactly what they're making or what they're claiming they need as far as special tool goes unless they're planning on using some special proprietary hardware, which to me just seems asinine.
0: Well, uh, we've seen it before, I mean look at the OBD2 connector, uh, I mean mm-hmm. USBs were around, uh, around that time anyway so they could have done something a lot differently than uh, using that uh, uh, industry standard connection. But anyway, I digress, hey uh, you might find this interesting. Uh, <laughs> Fiat Chrysler denies rep- a report of merger talks with VW. This is Uh-oh. a yeah. This is a story by uh, Andreas Kremer, and uh, I think it's a German name that I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Uh, Fiat Chrysler has denied a magazine magazine's report saying it's in merger talks with Volkswagen, while the German carmaker said it has no takeover on its agenda. Germany's manager mag magazine. I guess uh, I think that's magazine in German uh, said that the, on Thursday that the Volkswagen VW chairman, uh, Furchland peach. That's another thing I hate about European names. Yeah. Right. <laughs> why did why just didn't we rename everybody uh, whether they came to, to the country or not? Anyway, had held talks with the owners of Fiat Chrysler about buying all or part of the group that was formed this year for the merger of Italian and U S car makers. The magazine cited an unnamed company source. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. However, a VW spokesman said Europe, uh, Europe's biggest car maker was focused on delivering improvements at its existing operations. There are currently no uh, M&A merger and acquisition projects on the agenda, he says. We, um, we are now focusing on boosting the efficiency across the group. The uh, Angelina's family holding firm, Exor, which owns 30% stake in Fiat Chrysler, denied any talks had taken place, as did Fiat Chrysler. So, I don't know, guys. The, hmm. only, the only positive thing I could see from this is diesel engines. I was just going to say TDI. Yeah. <laughs> Turbo diesel
1: injection. Come on, people. That's actually not a bad idea. Um, really, uh, this would have been okay if Vogue, if, if, if Jeep would have turned to Volkswagen for motor production. Obviously, yeah. if they turned to uh, you know Fiat's uh, sub company of Fiat, some you know neighbor of Fiat, somebody's uh, cousin's brother's former dog's owner's uh, you know sister uh, who makes some engines over there in Italy. I think it's called a, a you know Motor Italia or something like that. Who's making these these engines for a lot of the Fiat cars and obviously some of the uh, the Jeep platforms as well you know, they could have just as easily turned to Volkswagen who makes a fantastic turbo diesel. I might add now I'm not sitting here, you know, saying that everybody needs to go out and, uh, and drop a TDI into their Cherokee or anything, but really it would have been a, uh, a no brainer, obviously with, with Chrysler and Fiat having that merger, they want to keep things Italian, uh, obviously with Fiat being Italian. So, uh, you know, the move was, was, uh, on the wall, so to speak, you know, that, that writing was on the wall long before that merger ever was finalized. So, you know, things happen for a reason. This is still interesting nonetheless, and, and I'd be curious to see if anything at all ends up developing out of it.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, all this naysaying is uh, like a, a illicit affair where uh, <laughs> you, you see uh, news about it, then later on it comes out that it was true. Uh, who knows? And uh, I find it strange that anybody would be selling uh, a company uh, that's, what was it that you reported last week? 70,000 units that they were, they were selling? Uh, I mean, just doing a god-awful business with uh, these uh, horrible, horrible vehicles. At least in the mind of a uh, off-road jeeper. Yeah, right.
1: Well, hey, big thanks goes out to John Pre-runner 1982 and Tim Cooper. You know him as UK Jeeper for submitting us uh, for submitting stories this week uh, for this week's and uh, this week in Jeep. Boy, I'm just having a hard time tonight. Hey, guys, if you would like to submit a story to be aired on This Week in Jeep or you have a response to any one of our stories, let's say you have a show and shine that you know about or an off-road show or any other Jeep-related event for that matter. If you'd like to promote this, please send an email to news tips at xjtalkshow.com. xjtalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to xjtalk.com when you're off-road, too. Using your smartphone, install the Tapa Talk app, then search for XJ Talk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. I know you've heard us talk about Amazon on the podcast before, but if you heard about our new game? you bought what it's a lot of fun and we want you guys to play along all you have to do is go to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com and click on the amazon banner there on the main page This takes you right to Amazon, where you can buy any crazy little thingamajig to join in on the fun. Amazon gives us a list every week of what you guys are buying, but we don't get to know who it is that's buying it. As an added bonus, you get the same great price you always would, and Amazon is going to give the show a small pittance for you playing along. So let's all have some fun. The XJ Talk Show in Amazon.com. Hey, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or your MP3 player. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial over at www.audibletrial.com XJTalkShow.
0: And uh, uh, now we're going to spread a little YouTube uh, new subscriber love, Josh.
1: Oh, absolutely and boy that you guys are spreading the love this way as well uh, more subscribers every week and we really appreciate it over 170,000 views and a well over 500 subscribers and guys we pick four out of the list every week no particular order so if you've uh, subscribed recently well, hey, sit tight we'll get to your name eventually we've got one top in the list here five speed freak
0: yeah you had a little time though to look at that one and figure it out I, I don't think I would have got that uh, and this one is uh, sc jeeper 63
1: I wonder if they're in Southern California or maybe uh, South
0: Carolina. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I that betcha. might work. Mr. Jaybird, 1995. And Bama. I wasn't to say Bamba, but Bama G. Bama or Bama. Tomato or tomato. Oh, no, any no, case, no, no, In case, big Not thanks Bama. to all of you guys for
1: subscribing. Make sure you guys are telling a friend and hope you join us every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central for our live broadcast.
0: Yep. Just go over to YouTube.com slash XG talk and subscribe to our channel.
1: Hey, this part of the XJ Talk Show is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like podcasts, there's a good chance that you guys are going to like audiobooks too. I know I do. And if you're busy like me and Tony, well, you've got no time to read newspapers or pick up those uh, hardbound things with all the letters and the words in them and stuff like that. Uh, what you need to do is you need to get yourself an audiobook. And it's really easy to do. The one place you want to go is called AudibleTrial or Audible.com. And uh, how you get your hookup is you go to AudibleTrial.com slash xj talk show and what you get is a one free audiobook of your choice any title you could possibly imagine you want 16 hours of uh, audiobook loveness well go ahead and download that war and peace for you uh otherwise they've got everything from sci-fi to tech to well fiction and beyond even got some jeep stuff and some stuff for the kiddies as well Audibletrial.com and the xj talk show
0: hey you know i want you to go over to uh Uh, audible and look and see if they actually have war and peace. You keep talking about that. I bet you they don't have war and peace on there.
1: They probably don't. I'm I'm trying to think of the the biggest, nastiest book I could possibly think of. And, and uh, well, war and peace comes to mind. So,
0: so uh, if they did have war and peace, I wonder who would read it.
1: Good lord! Can you imagine? They would take them a year to read one. Their voice yeah. would change and probably drop off at halfway through it. I, it you you know, couldn't I, be I, too
0: old because you might uh, play, you oh, might yeah. have voice actors passing away before you could get done. It would just change mid sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're bringing in the uh, re- the relief reader. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho, so uh, we have uh, part three of uh, AC repair by uh, Steve. Uh, 4.3 LXJ on xjtalk.com. And if uh, you guys haven't been over to xjtalk.com and uh, read some of the posts, or maybe uh, joined, uh, became a member, and uh, made a post yourself, I even asked a question. Uh, if it's a technical question, more than likely, Steve is either going to be the first person to answer it, or he's going to be in the mix uh, answering it, giving you some great advice. So if mm-hmm. you're not a member at xjtalk.com, please come over there and join. Uh, don't be afraid. We don't bite, no matter how much you may beg. Uh, <laughs> we do have some people that try to test our patients, but, uh, it doesn't happen, man. We, uh, we answer those questions no matter what they are, uh, more than happy to help. It's, uh, uh, meant to be a different kind of site, uh, than the rest of them. Uh, we want to be a little different, a little better, uh, a little, a little more friendly than, uh, your average, uh, average site goes. So anyway, oh, I'm sorry to
1: say we, that we hit the mark on all those. That's for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, anyway, let's get to our third installment, and I believe this is the final installment on uh, AC repair from Steve, 4.3 LXJ. And now for a disclaimer. Jeep Tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. got a
1: tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips.
2: Well, it's still hot, and if your air conditioning is still broke, and you haven't figured out how to fix it yet, you're ready to get something done about this. Now last time, or the first two times rather, the first time we talked about all the components and where they are, and I hope you did get under your hood and find out where all these things are so that you can proceed with what we're talking about today. Then we talked about the early XJs from 84 to 95 and uh, the systems that use R12 refrigerant and they have a thermal expansion valve on them. Now we're going to talk about the 96 and up Jeeps that uh, use R134 refrigerant. Now R134 Is really nothing more than an R12 replacement. Uh, When everybody got on the bandwagon and said R12 uh, dichlorodifluoromethane was responsible for depleting the ozone layer and uh, they defined all the chemistry and this and that and the other, Uh, R12 manufacturing was banned in the United States. So in order for all of these systems that were designed to use R12 so efficiently to work, they came up with different replacements. And the industry decided to use R134 uh, because it's something that anybody can get. You don't have to have a refrigeration card to go down and buy it like you do with R12 or the R12 replacement that I use. There's more than one. Uh, anybody can use it. It's safe to release in the atmosphere. And so it's a good alternative For the average person, because now you can get this stuff and fix it yourself. So, you have these newer XJs, and they don't have this uh, thermal expansion valve, this big block of brass that's hooked to the firewall and has the hoses coming out of it. Uh, When they went to R134, they decided to save a few bucks in the manufacturing process, eliminate a half a pound of brass and uh, they eliminated the king valves on the compressor, so uh, they don't have to mess with that anymore. And now what you have is a much simpler system, but it's also a little more finicky when it comes to charging. It's much more sensitive than the ones with the thermal expansion valves, because the thermal expansion valves kind of made up some of the difference when you either had too much refrigerant or too little. So now we got a. Make sure that when we charge these things, they're pretty much on the money. So, again, how do we know we need refrigerant? Okay, your compressor's not coming on, and you're saying, ah, you know, what am I going to do? Well, you find that same low-pressure safety switch that we found before. Now, it's probably on a line. Any, any Any metal part of the line is where they are. Sometimes they're on the accumulator, but the accumulator is on the return side instead of on the pressure side. So things are a little different. We don't have that sight glass anymore that we can look at and see how much uh, refrigerant bubbles are in the liquid refrigerant as they're going by. So we have to rely on other means to charge these things properly. Now what the factory does is they just have a machine that weighs in a certain amount of refrigerant. Zoom, it's in the system. It's capped off. Uh, valve caps are on and away they go. And it just sort of settles itself down. And uh, by the time it gets to the end of the line and they start it up, it's kind of settled itself wherever it needs to be and, and everything's fine. Unless you have refrigeration scales and you're starting with a perfectly empty system, you don't have that luxury. So, You take that plug off and you look at it. It looks just like the one on the uh, earlier systems. It's got two prongs that fit into this plug with a couple of wires coming out of it. And you get that paper clip again. You straighten it out. You bend it into a horseshoe. Stick it in there in where those prongs go into that plug. You go turn your air on start your engine. And if that air conditioning compressor clutch kicks in, it's low on refrigerant the safety switch was doing what it's supposed to do. It has been protecting your compressor from having not enough refrigerant and not enough oil to keep it lubricated. So it doesn't allow it to come on. It's it's actually exactly what it is. It's a safety switch. And it's to keep you from ruining your compressor. Maybe a little uncomfortable, but you don't want to have to replace a compressor. It's expensive. So you take and you determined now that you need refrigerant you go down and buy your r134 you, anybody can buy it and it's they come in kits they've got uh, all kinds of stuff you can put with it uh, leak stuff uh, you know stop leak uh, refrigeration dye that you can put in there uh, you can put a ultraviolet light on there it turns yellow wherever it's leaking and so forth and so on But uh, the easy way to find out where they're leaking is just look for oil around the fittings and around the front seal on the compressor and that will tell you. But as we said before last time, most people don't want to go through repairing these things. So what they do is they uh, just want to shoot some refrigerant in there and call it good. So you go down, you get your little kit, you've got a hose and a little can of refrigerant and a gauge and now... Unlike before, you can use that gauge because this is a fixed orifice system. So what we do is is we uh, take that little valve cap off on the return line, the one that comes from the firewall to the compressor. It's a larger line, and that's where you want to fill it, is on that larger line. And just like before, you want to take that can when you're ready to fill it and make sure it's upside down so the valve is on the bottom. And this is particularly important with R134 because R34 is what's called a blend. A blend means that there's more than one. In fact, there's three different size molecules in there. And they have to do that to get it to behave exactly like R12 because nothing behaves exactly like R12 but R12. So they put this blend together and if you don't turn that can upside down and charge with liquid into that uh, return line. What's going to happen is all of those light molecules are going to boil off real quick. They're going to make that can of refrigerant cold. It's only going to be about a quarter of the way empty and nothing else is happening. And all you've done is you've put the just the little light molecules in there and it's not going to behave correctly. You need to have all of the components in there and they're proper ratios in order to make it behave like R12. So, your can of refrigerant is upside down, you crack that valve open and uh, you can probably dump that whole can in, uh, but it's better to let it go in little by little. And remember, these systems with the fixed orifice are more sensitive. So what you have to do is charge it little at a time, and wait for things to settle down and see where your gauge is just because you crack that valve open on that can the gauge jumps up if you watch it it's going to start going down slowly and down 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 and you have to let it go down to where it stops going down and it takes 20 30 seconds for it to do that which may seem like a long time when you're doing it but that's just the way you have to do it this is not a two minute job you've got to do it carefully because uh as I said, this is a more sensitive system. Now, normally, uh, you know, a refrigeration professional would charge these with by what's called superheat. He'd have his gauges hooked up, and he'd have his temperature probe. He'd have his high, high, uh, humidity meter out, and he'd get his little uh, chart out that uh, probably came from the power company. And, uh, and he would say, ah, yes, you know, we have to have eight degrees superheat and uh, he'd be looking at his gauges and measuring temperatures and all that stuff. You don't have that option. So you're not going to get it probably exactly right on because you don't have the equipment. So what uh, you do is you just settle for what the gauge says. And so uh, if that gauge is too low you crack it open a little bit more and for about uh, two seconds you shut it, wait for about 20 or 30 seconds till it all settles down And if it's where the gauge says it's supposed to be, you're done. You disconnect it, put the cap on the Schrader valve, and you're ready to go. Now, bear in mind that if you've got a leaking system, it's going to leak again. And it's going going to do this again to you. So you may want to be checking your system periodically. Hook that little can with the gauge up and see what the gauge says. Because you don't want it to get to the point where it's not working at all anymore because that's you're going to be hot again so you may want to in a month check it see how it's working by that little gauge and if it needs some give it a little shot get it back up the air will be a little bit colder for you and uh, then you'll be ready to go
0: another great jeep tip from uh, steve really appreciate that and uh boy it uh uh, li- listening to him talk about the R134 system really brings back a lot of memories about the stuff that I had to learn about uh, doing mine. One thing I did learn was that uh, the, uh, my mechanic that uh, has, has done uh, quite a bit of work on my uh, my 98, uh, n- now several years ago, but I remember at one point he said that those uh, O-rings that help seal all the, all the connections on the system are really only good for about two or three years, and uh, they, they can start leaking. So I uh I was a little surprised about that, but I don't know. I guess that's uh, uh engineered obsolescence.
1: Well, all you people there with uh, you know, those those fancy uh, crushed velvet posters uh in the smoking lounge, as it were, uh you guys might have a black light laying around. And uh if you guys don't know, and I'm not sure if Steve covered this or not, but just about any black light will do, except for the incandescent bulb style. You're gonna need the one with a little bit more output than that, but even that might work. Uh but most of the uh the off-the-shelf, over the counter Ah, uh, run-of-the-mill part store AC repair bottle type stuffs. You know the R134a. You, most of them have a um, a dye in them, mm-hmm. and that dye is reactive to UV light, and that is the output of a black light. So if you uh, if you do throw one of these um, cans, uh, you know, like the AC Pro or something like that, uh, into your system, uh, and you're worried that you might have a leak, let's say that after two weeks the AC doesn't blow cold anymore, uh, you know, pull the car into the garage or wait till it's dark outside or something, and go out there with a the black light. And start looking around all those hoses and all those fittings and stuff, and uh, and you'll see where a leak might pop up because that dye is going to react to uh, to that UV light, and you'll be able to see where uh, where you're going to need repair.
0: Yeah, if it's a place that you can see, uh, sometimes it's not; it's b- up behind <laughs> something or another. And uh, like Steve said in the uh, in the third part of his AC series, most of the time you can tell by the grease because it'll be kind of greasy where uh, where the leak is, is occurring. So Good point. yeah, so uh, also too, I uh, mentioned this to Josh. I'm not sure if we were on the air or not. Whenever I uh, was talking to him about his uh, air conditioning system, but you can uh, tell if your compressor uh, needs to be replaced by looking for a greasy line on your hood, because when that What's front that? seal goes out in the compressor, the uh, R134 will start leaking out, and the spinning clutch will actually throw it up to the uh, to the uh, right above on the hood of the vehicle and you'll see this nice black line that's a about number two pencil thin <laughs> so uh, good tip good yeah, tip, boy uh, you're getting all sorts of good stuff tonight well matt actually pointed that out to me he says yeah it looks like your your compressor is losing it because you have this line right here on your roof and I went oh that's what that's from i thought it was like from the belt or something is it no that's yeah. uh, it's kind of greasy I'm, it's the free uh, the one, r134
1: well, I've got a, my, my hood is all, you know, covered in, uh, in dirt and dust underneath. I, I, I detailed the whole Jeep a couple few weeks ago, but I didn't detail the engine compartment. So uh, I'm, the Jeep's going to get dirty this weekend anyways.
0: Well, yours is, uh, I mean, you could probably charge yours up and uh, see where it, if, it's, if it leaks there or not. Oh, and by the way, I'll do a quick plug. I got uh, my uh, compressor because mine went out, uh, and I got my compressor from uh, Rock Auto. It was about uh, 225, I think. Uh, That's
1: not too bad. I think they're normally, what, about 400?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they've got some 400 ones on there, too. But uh, Matt, again, uh, pointed me towards, uh, I think it was an all-seasons um, compressor. He said that he's had good luck with those, and it was about two and a quarter uh, plus shipping. And uh, very easy, uh, very easy to replace. It's just got those four big bolts on the top. Uh, the only hard part is, is that you need a, a, a vacuum uh, pump. So that mm-hmm. you can uh, you know pull vacuum on the system and get all the moisture out of it, uh, etc. And frankly, if you're going to go to the trouble, just get your stuff, all your stuff from uh, from Rock Auto. Get it wherever you like, really. But I got all my my stuff: the the condenser, the uh, compressor, the dryer. You know, the, a dryer is like twenty bucks. Uh, it, I think it's more like fifteen. And mm. yeah, so just and the uh, the the uh, the hoses. Um, I, I got I, I replaced them all. I've got a little problem with, the, I think I I have a problem with the door that closes because I'm getting a little bit of warm air mixed in. So I'm not getting that, that quite 40 degree hanging meat, uh, temperature in there. Oh
1: so, boy. That would be nice. Especially this weekend. I tell you.
0: Yep. Yep. I understand. Well, there you go. What you, what are you going to do? Take an ice cube with you. What was it? <laughs> what was it? We talked about a while back, uh, crushed ice and salt for the underwear. It, yeah right (laughs) (laughs) it's only it's great until you have to get up and people look at you funny what are you doing in there (laughs) taste it it's salty no questions nothing to see here (laughs) move along (laughs) all right guys well we have uh, uh, a quick uh, voicemail here from uh, nikki g that uh, i want to get to post haste hey this is tony and this is josh from the xj talk show We want to thank
1: you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast.
0: Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at The Beep. Hey,
2: this is Nikki G. And uh, I don't really have anything to say this week. I'm kind of behind on the podcast. The internet here at work has been splotchy at best. I believe it's a uh, management ploy that end my reign in Candy Crush. But uh, you cannot defeat me, bitches. Level 172. It takes an <laughs> awful lot of goofing off to achieve that. But anyhow, I'd uh, listen to it on a... I, I would like to invent a device to listen to it on. It's small and portable that I could download podcasts <laughs> and other stuff to and listen to it at my leisure. And it would also be helpful if that device could uh, make phone calls, too. Uh, I hope someday to live in a world that has that kind of technology. All right, gentlemen, I will uh, chat to you later. Have a good one. Bye. We you know, welcome and look forward
1: to your questions and comments. Dial 530 675 4102 and leave your message on our 24 by 7 voicemail.
0: Candy Crush is a game that you play on your phone, Josh. You looked confused when he said Candy yes, no, Crush. No,
1: I know. I was <laughs> I was going to play along a little bit. Say, you no, know, we all have the, one of those moments where you say to yourself, now, why didn't I think of that?
0: Ah, gotcha. You just looked like you were uh, the, the old guy sitting there telling the kids get off his uh, his, his lawn. His lawn <laughs> what? And, and you kids, yeah. what are you playing with on, on your phone? You. I, when oh, I was I said, your age, hey, I was playing and, with myself. Yeah, hey, and back in my day, oh we had rocks and twigs and we had to make the we had to carve the twigs out of rocks
1: <laughs> oh i always love the uh the walking uphill in both both ways in three <laughs> yes. feet of snow
0: <laughs> three feet of snow and it was six <laughs> feet going down going up the other way <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> what was that one i was like uh and we had to dig our way out and uh we had to use our little brother as the shovel <laughs> just this just, just you know on and on it's great yeah. it's almost as uh it's almost as imaginative as mother jokes i love those <laughs> both of them <laughs> yeah both of them
1: well guys this is part of the show where we'd uh normally uh go ahead and, and start plugging some reviews and and stuff like that but uh, we don't have any oh boy <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> nicely
0: done <laughs> yeah, we we can talk about reviews. We're here in the I woods all say. alone. There's no pig squealing while we're, while we're here. Let's, let's talk about oh, reviews. What else to do around the campfire? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, yeah. let me finish this up real quick. Uh, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher. Leave us a five-star review. Please leave us a comment uh, if you would, please. And uh, And guys, we'll make sure to get that out on the air. Yep, yep, So good chat, uh, Tony, and mine, favorite part of the show. This is where we kind of just freeform. There's uh, there's no script to this. We just talk about uh, well, basically what's going on with our own jeeps and what's happening in our own jeep world in our perspective uh, areas.
0: If if you were here in front of us, this is the this is what you'd get. Uh, although there'd probably be more uh, huge glasses of tea involved, but mm, yes. <laughs> so it's just it's just chatting. All right, Josh. Let's hear about it. Now, this isn't the uh, whoring for uh, wheeling for whores weekend because uh, I know that one hasn't come up yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I need to put one of those uh, those rallies together. Let me tell you. No, uh, this this is uh, this is an annual run uh, that I attend every year. This will be my geez, I don't know, fifth or sixth year or something like that. Um, this is the uh, this is the Jolly Jeepers Back to Basics Run. Uh, Jolly Jeepers is the oldest sanctioned Jeep club, oldest recognized Jeep club. In uh, in most of the northwest, definitely in Oregon, uh, they were established in 1962. They've been around that long, and uh, and they've been doing this event for well that many years. I, I you know you guys, I'm, I told you there'd be no math, so I'm not going to pretend to tell you which which annual event this is. You know this the the 72nd or the 34th or or whatever. Nonetheless, it is an awesome event. They only accept 100 vehicles into this rally. So uh, I'm lucky to be a part of it every year, and and I have a blast. I've met some really cool people, and I look forward to this event very much every year. It's a weekend long event, so I'm leaving tomorrow, uh, heading out. Uh, the problem is, is that my jeep is not done, and uh, I, I've got some work to finish up on this thing uh, to get it
0: trail ready. Well, and, like what? Uh, and I, go ahead. Like what? What's the well, biggest thing before you can move along? You got the you got the track bar back on there, right? Yeah, the track bar is back
1: on there. I, I have not been able to find himes with a longer shank on them. Every every three quarter by seven eighths hime that I have uh, been able to track down has got uh, less than two inches of thread, and and that's that's really not quite enough. Uh, so what I'm going to end up having to do is uh, is run run this event with my with my axle just slightly off center. A little bit it's not going to be a huge deal i i oh, did that okay. for years with yeah. my with my axle not where it should be for the uh the lift that i had but uh but it'll be okay it'll, it'll work
0: so you're gonna have to go with uh, a longer piece of tubing then uh to to it, fix this uh, so, eventually
1: yeah the weld-in bungs uh, the, the rod end the threaded rod ends um uh these little bungs that go the, you weld them into the end of the tubes and they have you know it's basically just a weld-in nut uh, more or less and um, I'll have to get a new set of those or grind the ones that I have off of the tube that I have cut a new section of tube and weld the stuff back in. Uh, I'll probably just end up honestly starting from scratch. So, yeah. uh, it kind of sucks, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's gotta be done. Uh, but you know, for, for the time being, you know, for what I'm going to be doing, this, this will be fine. It'll, it'll get me through. I just didn't want to go out and, and do the kind of wheeling that I'm about to do, uh, with only three quarters of an inch of thread engagement on the Himes on my track bar. So you know I am gonna have to run with a little bit of off center and that that that's fine it's not that big of a deal um, nonetheless it'll I, I would much rather run with a slightly off center axle than to risk snapping a Heim and uh, and be done for the entire weekend right so uh, but that that's that's not my major thing now what's been going on over the last couple of years is uh, not a couple of years uh, the last couple of months uh, is I've noticed a, a clunking in the back end and, and I couldn't quite figure it out until my last wheeling trip out. Where I, you know, I got up onto the jeep and I started really rocking it back and forth and really cycling the suspension around quite a bit, and found that uh, one of my leaf spring bushings is completely shot, and so you know it's just kind of bouncing around in the uh, in the shackle uh, back there. Well, we talked uh, so, about
0: <clears throat> we talked about this a few shows back.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I, it, here's the thing: is uh, the, the leaf springs I have on there are Pro Comp leaf springs. And they've, they've done me very well. A lot of people, you know, speak ill of Pro Comp. And, and honestly, they, they don't have a lot of the high-end uh, lift kits and, and stuff that, uh, you know, like Rubicon Express or Rough Country has. They, they're just not that caliber of uh, suspension manufacturer. Wow. They do a lot of stuff for a lot of different vehicles, but they also do stuff for Jeep, just not quite to the extent that some of these other manufacturers do. And so uh, it was very difficult to try and track down... Um, what would actually fit, what I know was going to fit as far as replacement bushings. Now, could I have just gotten something from Energy Suspension or Synergy or um, even Daystar or something like that? Maybe. But I didn't want to really spend the time, the effort, and, of course, the money to get something that may or may not have worked or fit right. So I ended up um, going through four-wheel parts and getting a direct replacement, pro-comp uh, replacement bushings for the leaf springs. Well, the problem was is that four-wheel parts doesn't stock these. Uh, in fact, none of their stores do, and so they had to go directly to the manufacturer, ProComp, and they ProComp actually drop shipped four wheel parts down to their main warehouse in California, um, a set of these things for me. Then they were shipped up here to Oregon uh, for me to go to my local four wheel parts store and grab them. They did all this in a relatively short period of time um, as far as the shipping goes. Once once the order was placed uh, and, and everything, it was it a was fairly quick turnaround. Um, so I got to give big props to the uh, Portland, Oregon four wheel parts store for, for really coming through for me, uh, in a, in a time of need. So I got these things and, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to tomorrow pull out, to uh, pull out the leaf springs, drop the axle, pull out the leaf springs and, uh, and get these things swapped out. I'm going to have, you know, end up pressing them in myself. Um, I've got a little bit more cleanup to do in the garage. My workbench is a, is a complete mess right now. Um, but, uh, but that is top priority now while the leaf springs are out. I might as well go ahead and get those leaf spring or the, uh, the shackle relocation brackets I got from HD engineering uh, up in there. And, uh, and so that's, that's really the top of my list right now is those bushings, those shackle relocation brackets. And what is very, very important, which I may save until I actually get to the campground, uh, the, the location for the rally. And, uh, but I I need to, I need to swap out my CB coax. Uh, I've had a a horrible time with uh, CB reception or actually transmission. I could receive just fine. I could hear, all the C B chatter and everything that I need, but uh but I you know people couldn't hear me. It sounded like a garbled mess. Okay, but okay, check-
0: okay, big boy. Take a take a breath there for a second. All right, all right. <laughs> Let me back you up a couple of sentences. Sure. Now, you, now you mentioned about waiting until you got to the camp. Couldn't you mm-hmm. do that with the bushings? I mean, it, when you say press yeah. in the oh, bushings, oh. the bushings are you talking about the ones that are in the islet at the back? Yeah, they're actually in the leaf spring eye. So they don't just easily push in.
1: The reports that I have read, now, I, I haven't swapped them out on these Leafs before. I'm, so, I'm sure the Leafs, ones that you have I'm there will
0: come out easy. Well, <laughs> <You> yeah, <would. laughs> but the other
1: ones might not go in easy. And, and I'm, I'm doing all four, mind you. Now, technically, I only really need to do one, and that's the passenger side, uh, rearmost bushing, and that's primarily from the torque. Uh, you know, All Jeeps, as they take off, look at any lifted Jeep uh, in front of you. And watch it as it accelerates off a line. And it's going to sag down yeah. to the passenger rear corner. This is known as the Jeep sag. Right. And uh, and all yeah. Jeeps do it. TJs are really bad with it. XJs are no exception. I'm sure JK's even got a little bit of it as well. Um, but uh, but really, it's it's all that stress and all that torque and force and everything... Uh, really plays havoc on on that particular uh, leaf spring bushing, and uh, and so I could probably get away with just the one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, am I going to settle for that? No, I'm going to do well, them all at once. Get them all, you know, new well, and uh, and be done with it.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you for, for wanting to do them. What kind of time frame are you looking at though? I I've mean, how much time do you have before? Um, I you know uh,
1: by myself probably four hours. I'm guessing a couple hours per side.
0: No, I, I didn't state it correctly. How how much time do you have before you need to leave? Oh well, they close
1: the gates at 10 p.m., and it's going to take me an hour and a half. Oh, it's roughly. not too far away.
0: I see what you're doing there.
1: No, it's, not, it's not that far away.
0: Because I was thinking, if you take you, some, take you a uh, uh, not a vice grip, a uh, one of those big C clamps. If you've got one, you could probably push that thing in with a C clamp and just do it out there in the. And you could have you could have ten people standing there watching you work, drinking beer, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is really better. If you think well, about it,
1: <laughs> I actually, uh, the, my, my very first year going out to this event, I'll tell you guys a quick story. Um, I was, uh, I, uh, what, what I had done. I, I think I had just done like phase two of my lift kit. And I, and I was, this is, I think, uh, uh it was one of the first years I went, I I'd gotten up to around like five inches of lift or something like that. Or I was at four and a half, somewhere around there. And, uh, and I was swapping out the, um, the, the rear brake line. And, uh, and I, this was, you know, night before the event, I was having a hell of a time, uh, doing it. I had failed, uh, you know, attempts at it, uh, the weekend prior screw mm-hmm. it. I'll do it at the campground yeah. pouring down rain. <laughs> it, it got like seriously, like three quarters of an inch of rain in four hours. It was just an absolute deluge. So I'm, you know, I'm underneath an easy up. I've got, a, I'm laying on a tarp. Um, I'm, you know, it's filling up with water. I'm sitting there with a torch and with wrenches and everything else, vice grips. Trying to get this corroded, rusty ass old brake line up off of the axle so I can swap in this new stainless steel braided line, and I, I was up for half the night trying to get that damn thing swapped out. My, my, from that year on, I've I've done my due diligence to try and make sure that everything is all dialed in, that all my you know everything's all set and ready to go, um, and so that all I have to do is show up and just very lackadaisically go ahead and set up camp and drink my beer and have some fun and socialize and all that stuff, and not have to worry about some, all this other stuff. Well, uh, I was misinformed or my memory didn't quite serve me correctly in the dates of when this event was. I thought I had another week still. Gotcha. I so oh, was just getting ready to give you I'm, a hard
0: time about it's not due diligence when you wait the night before or the day before yeah, you got to go. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, it's not absolutely not. So I'm, you know, I'm
1: stuck here. Um, you know, unprepared, and uh, and going to have to. Oh, uh, but come on! Uh, I,
0: mean, I know you're a perfectionist, both on audio and on your, your Jeep. But really, no. really, you just need to replace one bushing. You don't need to take the leaf leaves off. I understand what you're saying, and I think right. that's fine. But really, uh, push come to shove, you need to replace that one. And it's got a big ass bolt through it. It ain't going anywhere anyway. It's just going to make some noise, right? You're right. You're right. Um, it, it's the suspension isn't going to be working properly, and
1: I really do. I really would like to get these. Uh, oh, I don't blame you. That'd be a great place before, to try it out. Yeah, before the run. So you know, it, it, you know, there's there's a lot of little things as well. Um, you know, the CV is obviously um, you know somewhat of a major uh, major component to this. You know, I I, I really don't like having uh, or not having trail communications when I'm yeah. out wheeling. So um, you know, that's kind of a high priority for me. I'll probably start there you know, while I'm drinking my coffee, a coax run is easy enough and it'll help get the juices flowing and, and get me going. And then I'll dive into the, uh, the leaf springs and stuff. So
0: now I uh, was, I interrupted you earlier when you got into the CB thing. So I, I wasn't paying attention. You were going to go ahead and replace the entire coax on that or? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The coax, I, I found a, a spot where it's pinched and, uh, oh, yeah. uh, I'm fairly certain that it's, it's just, it's grounding out or the, um, well, you've changed uh, the impedance of it. Well, yeah, and it's uh, but like I said, I could receive just fine. My transmit was just shot. I mean, unless you were literally standing on my hood with a handheld, you weren't going to hear me.
0: Well, you'll be surprised once you get the, the coax on there that you'll be able to receive a lot better, too. Yeah, I, I should. It'll make a big difference. Uh, you just don't notice it as much uh, with everybody that, else's radio that, working, right?
1: I've got some other little things. I mean, I, there, there's an exhaust leak that I would love to take care of that I've been putting off for a long time. Um, you know, obviously I've got a rear main seal that's, that's seeping that, you know, I could, I could, you know, replace, I've got the parts for all this stuff. Um, rock lights would, would be nice to throw on, you know, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of other stuff, but really it's the, 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 leaf spring eye bushing, the shackle relocation brackets and the CB coax. And if my stance isn't quite right, then I've got some coil spring spacers that I could throw on as well, um, to level myself out. So we'll see if it comes to that, but, uh, but hopefully it doesn't.
0: Now I can't remember. Are you long arm on your, uh, on your Jeep? Well, I've got a set of Iron Man Andy's long that's arms, right. but I don't have a cross member
1: yet. Yeah, so, right. um, I, I, I am on short arms right now. Um, I just thought how, uh,
0: how easy it would be to put those spacers in if you're on long arms. Oh, <laughs> you yes. Just, no, you just got to find know. a place to drop it down far enough. <laughs> like no, the grand just Canyon go ahead disconnect the shocks.
1: And, uh, I've got a loading dock literally right down at the end of my street. I'll just take the Jeep down there
0: and
1: yeah. <laughs> flex it way out. And, uh, and, uh and just slap them in that way but you yeah. should, uh, you no, should get a sign I,
0: I, you should get a sign made up and put it over there on, on the on the ramp no flexing oh jeez, <laughs> that would be yeah. funny it, and then take a picture just all <laughs> you know tweaked out that'd be great <laughs> so what's going on with your jeep well uh i guess technically it's my jeep although i don't drive it uh, very often except to to move it around when i'm working on my 98 but uh, i got a call tonight i was uh I just dozed off. I like to uh, take a little nap before the show because uh, we're up pretty late here, uh, usually 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I, I go to work the next day. And mm. uh, my wife came in with, uh, with her cell phone. My oldest daughter uh, was at the mall. She just got off work, and uh, the check engine light uh, – or I'm sorry, check gauges light was on. So I asked her, I said, okay, look around and, and tell me on the 99 what, what, what light is lit up. She goes, well, there isn't any with the exception of the check gauges. And I said, well, read me the gauges. And she started reading, and she started with the oil pressure, and it was uh, over 40. Yay. Yeah. Then she went to uh, the uh, water temperature, the coolant temperature, and it was... Uh, its uh, I forget exactly what she said, but I don't even think it had hit 210 yet. So I was like, yay. And, uh, oh, she heard, she reported a kind of a squealing noise. I should have started with that, and, and the check gauges light. So... She went over to the uh, voltmeter and she said it said 9 volts. I said, "Yep, that's oh, the, that's the please. problem. Your alternator's out. Drive on home." And she goes, "I'm going to be okay." And I said, "Well, remember, and, and I just told him about this the other day that you if that gauge doesn't say, you know, right around 13-14 volts, your alternator's gone out and that you want to make sure that your air conditioner, anything that pulls electricity is off especially if you're driving at night because the headlights use a lot of juice yeah. and and you're gonna uh, the the headlights are gonna get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer you're okay for a short run so she uh, I reminded her of that conversation and then uh, she drove home 15 minutes later she's uh, at the house and uh, the 99s in the driveway so I'll be replacing uh, an alternator uh, oh, I don't know probably tomorrow sometime Oh, not tomorrow that's, but
1: uh, Saturday. That's- Bad of a job. They're no, uh, relatively no. easy to replace. Question for you then: Are you going to upgrade uh, the alternator? Because uh, this is on the '99, right? right? So your your old KC lights are on that Jeep now, right?
0: Yeah, no, uh, it should be fine. I don't even have those things hooked up yet. Uh, uh. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of. My wife was uh, was like, "Why did you put them on there if you're not going to hook them up?" And I said, "You understand they're not legal." And I've got you know a soon-to-be 21-year-old and a, a 19-year-old. Uh, that is going to be uh, at the helm of this thing, and maybe hitting these lights, and us, you know, having to pay for a ticket or making them pay for the ticket. <laughs> I think it's just fine right now because it, it has nice looks and it's not going anywhere off road. Although my oldest daughter keeps asking me, uh, now now that you put the lift kit on it, could I go? Could I take it off road? I said, Yeah, you Uh-oh. can, but you, you if you go someplace off road by yourself and get stuck, then, you know, I can come get you, sure. But is that a, a call you really want to make? <laughs>
1: yeah. And still the fear in, a fear of dad in him. There you go. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, I, I think it would be kind of cool, especially for your daughter to have gone off-road uh, in, uh, in, in the Jeep. Uh, but uh, there are no, I repeat, no tow points on that 99. I do have uh, the old tow hooks from uh, my '98 that I'm going to put on there, but they're not on there yet. And there's nothing in the rear uh, to latch onto other than the axle. Uh, you know, oh. and, and a and a rear extraction is going to probably be the the way you have to go on anything because you're you're more than likely going to get stuck going forward, and it's not and forward is not going to be a good way to go.
1: Yeah, and not not so much even a trailer hitch, huh?
0: There's no, uh, I don't have a trailer uh, trailer hitch on there. I had priced some, but uh, had not put one on there. It was actually after we started talking about uh, doing the stories about the uh, fire explosions uh, on the, the Grand Cherokees and the, uh, the Liberties that I thought about uh, getting a, a trailer hitch to go on there, and I just haven't done it yet.
1: Yeah, it might be a good idea. Hey, might be able to get in on that special order recall. Well, I don't think it covered the Cherokees, did it? Uh, no, it didn't, but you know, I don't see why it wouldn't. Honestly, and and they're 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 saying that the uh, the newer Grand Cherokees, uh, well not brand new, but you know in the two thousand stuff uh, can go in for for this. They're not covered technically under the recall, but uh, can get in with the with the repair under a special order. Uh, so I don't you know, I don't see why maybe the the Cherokees can't get in on it. But, uh, but nonetheless, I mean, uh, you know, a trailer hitch you can get at a no, junkyard. One
0: hundred fifty bucks. Now nah, just get a new one. Get probably a draw tight or something. Oh,
1: there you go. I got mine from from u haul didn't uh, made them do a price match for I think seventy five bucks for a price I found online through like e-trailers or something like that. I just found a, a run of the mill class three uh, trailer hitch and uh, went to u haul and said, hey, do you guys do price matching?" They said yes we do. I said, well, take a look at this please and uh, and I got a know yeah, it was like a hundred and fifty dollar trailer hitch for about seventy five bucks. oh that's nice hey what's that I hear out in the background
0: uh, it's it's nothing good i tell you I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. Nope. Not like the sound, of the sound of those banjos. Well, hey guys, we talked uh, last week about, a, uh, about an event uh, that's going on. It's called DC Strong. It's a huge Jeep show. Uh, we've uh, had a guy named Nate Smith uh, give us a call. He left us a voicemail last week. I'd like to give that show one last promotion. Uh, it is July 19th, 2014 is when the event is going on. It's going to be held at the Rocks and Valleys Off-Road Park over at uh, 3407 East Manningsburg Road in Harrison, Michigan. Uh, $35 is gonna get your Jeep into the show and will include access to the trails at Rocks and Valleys Off-Road Park. Judges will award prizes and trophies to Jeeps of each model type, including a 2014 Jeep Show Award. Uh, There's raffles to win Jeep parts, uh, bump and hustle competition, some off-road racing, a TJ Brute, better known as the Frankenbrute, is going to be raffled off as well, so you guys definitely want to get in on that a Jeep scavenger hunt and a Jeep poker run, zip lining, disc golf face painting for the kiddies, football throw down and tons more, all going down uh, July 19th this year, guys, when you're listening to the podcast well, it's have already passed, but uh, uh, for you guys li- listening live tell a friend, head over to Michigan if you can, get in on this Jeep show it's going to be for a good cause it's uh, all for DC Strong. These uh, people are, are helping out kids with cancer. DC Strong strives to implement the same courage that was given to uh, these little kids that are facing uh, facing cancer uh, by themselves. DC Strong is going to help kids for the entirety of their battle, regardless of relapses, as well as pairing a child with a mentor mentor who can help push them to victory over cancer. Uh, never give up, never lose hope, and no one ever fights alone. DCStrong.com. Go check them out and support their cause, please.
0: Yep, and we're going to have Nate Smith on uh, and doing an interview with us. Uh, it'll be after the show, but uh, maybe we'll get some updates on how the show went and uh, who, uh, where we can find that Frankenbrute in case we'd like to uh, go take it for a, a, a nightly test drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes
1: please <laughs> we yeah, speaking well, of test drives uh, you guys need to go over and uh, and give the uh, XJ Talk show website a test drive and don't forget to check out xjtalk.com as well that's why we're here guys we do have a Facebook account you can go over there and like us as well and figure out what's going on in the world of Facebook with XJ Talk we're on Twitter as well make sure you're following us Stitcher Radio TuneIn.com iTunes and of course our live show broadcast every Thursday 10pm central right here on YouTube
0: Hey, you guys have a a great Jeep week and uh, we'll see you next week.